Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Greenfield, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Greenpool podcast. I'm Hilmarie Hutchison and today I am again thrilled to welcome Leo Dovniko to our podcast. Leo is a serial entrepreneur and an angel investor. He's also the CEO and co-founder of Yala Market and Yala Hub. I'm really keen to get right into the podcast, so let's hear from Leo himself. Leo, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Before we get into what you're doing, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and how you ended up in Dubai. I am 39 years old entrepreneur, having wife, 10 years old daughter, <laughs> living in Dubai last five years. Actually came here for business initially, but then fell in love with the city and moved here fully, even with dog. I uh, so all my family is here right now. Yeah, and we are, we are doing different businesses, investing in some businesses and some startups and, you know, having fun living in Dubai. So many people think they'll come only for a short time and then they fall in love with the city and they never want to leave. I love even the dog came with you. That was really a big move. It was hard because, you know, it's prohibited to move dogs inside airplane salon to Dubai. So it was challenge. It was actually more expensive than building family. Oh my goodness. Did the dog have to go through a long quarantine? At that time, no, but it's like, you know, cargo shipment, uh, like 24 hours in darkness. It was very huge stress for dog. I can imagine. Emirates is one of the few airlines that don't allow dogs on the plane. It's got to go in the cargo hold. So I can imagine that's really tough on a dog, especially if it's uh, used to being close to you all the time or close to the family and then to go through that. So let's talk about what you did before you came to Dubai then. Tell us a little bit about that. I started in the restaurant industry. My first job was waiter in restaurant. Then I was barman, bar manager, CEO of restaurants, CEO of group of restaurants. Then I opened my first own restaurant. I had three in total and five under management. So I was developing myself as a restaurant industry specialist and manager. But in 2010, we decided to digitize all in chain of restaurants and implemented special software into business to manage it properly. And I actually felt in love with IT. And out of this passion, I have created more than 10 companies already, all of them doing some IT for restaurants, and we are quite successful. And this was my business before I came to Dubai. And I came to Dubai to scale, actually, this IT company. It was quite successful. So we are like one of the top companies in Emirates right now. And like once everything was established, uh, I was looking what to do next, uh, what will be the next big thing. At that time, super fast grocery delivery was very popular model. And I decided that we are the best team to run this model in Dubai. And something like two years back, we have started Yala Market. Wow. So you have always been involved with the food industry in one way or another, starting out as a waiter, barman, the whole thing. So when you talk about digitizing and IT, what specifically did that entail in the businesses that you were running? Restaurant industry in general did not change too much since, you know, last 100 years. It's always waiters, cookers, some ingredients and some dishes. In 100 years back, two years back, everything was the same. But at the same time, when you have chain of restaurants, you can't visit them personally, but you need to manage to control them. And that's where digitalization comes to help you. And speaking about digitalization, we mean everything. 
It's like point of sales, some delivery mobile applications, waiter mobile applications, kitchen application, which digitizes all cooking process, web cameras, which shows everything that happens, table reservation system, HR payroll, finance account, ingredient control. So everything that happens in restaurant, in modern restaurant management companies, must be digitized. And like we are the company who does it. So you went from A to Z through the whole process in a restaurant and you changed the whole thing over using IT, using technology. Exactly, yeah. To have IT in, on every step of any restaurant. Again, you could see a gap, you could see a need because you knew the restaurant business so well. And you said, okay, we can do this better. We have a solution for this. And that's your, usually the secret sauce to any successful business is finding a, a need and then providing a solution to that. Now, you said that when you came to Dubai, you wanted to scale your business. Now, of course, Dubai is a very competitive hub for entrepreneurship. What unique opportunities did you find in the local market? So in general, in my parent country, competition was, you know, when I started this business, we had main competitor, which had 95% of market share at that time. And this is very tough competition when your competitor is Xerox kind of company or Pampers. So the name of the company is the name of category. So it's very hard to compete in that way. When I was researching Dubai, I found out that there are more than 100 companies and all of them are quite small. So there is no, you know, bright market leader. So there is no habit for restaurant owners to use particular system. This is very simple competition to my mind. And considering the fact that we are leading one of the leader company right now in the segment, so it was right bet, I believe. Yeah, so competition was, despite it's huge, more than 100 companies. At the same time, it's simple in comparison with my past experience. And uh, main unique point was, you know, that we are more than 50 years in this business. We understand everything and secret sauce is the same. We are from restaurants. We are creating IT systems from you know, restaurant owners to restaurant owners, we know the stuff. So we are able to provide good solution and support and everything because we are from the kitchen. No doubt. Your experience in actually running restaurants would have been invaluable in being able to speak to other restaurant owners at that level, coming from that background and then convincing them why they need to change systems and why these systems would then improve their whole operation. We sort of touched on it earlier that you then got involved with Yala Market and Yellow Hub. Can you tell us a little bit about Yellow Market and Yellow Hub? So we started two years back with the model of super fast grocery delivery. It's like 15 minutes or less delivery time. And actually, we were first fast delivery in Dubai at that time. Everything was fine. The model is very good. Customers really love super fast delivery. But the problem is, it is quite hard to make money in this model. And uh, we were changing the model, making different pilots, and finally came to Yala Hub. So, which is, you know, like B2B2C model. Yala Hub is a solution which helps other brands to enter the region and to scale across many marketplaces using Yala Markets infrastructure. So, we can say we have opened Yala Markets infrastructure for any other brand. This helps for us to sustain, to make money, and for brands, they're able right now to enter the Dubai market, KSA market, or the C market, you know, with one click, without visiting the country, without opening bank accounts, legal entities, which is headache and too expensive here. And it's taken off quite rapidly. We onboard new brands every week. It seems it was quite right pivot for us. So again, a niche that you could see, and Yellow Hub is now filling that niche. I know that this e-commerce enabler platform, Yellow Hub, has facilitated the sales of 70 or more than 70 brands in the UAE within just three months. 
What were the critical factors that contributed to this rapid success? And how did you manage to streamline the process? I believe the important point was that recession, economics is falling down all over the world, but in GC countries, everything is growing. Because of that, many companies from all over the world actually want to enter the region right now. Promotion, World Expo, huge projects in Saudi. So this part of the world is right now quite famous. Every com- company want to work here. As simple as it is, we have many from USA, from England, from Europe, from India, from Sudan, Jordan, from Russia, and so on. So this was a very first point, just, you know, right situation when everybody wants to be here. Second thing is we have experience, we have infrastructure, we have really very nice solution. So working with Yellow Hub, you're able to generate first sales in a week or two without even coming to Dubai. And this is quite affordable offer for brands because without us, they need to come, to spend time, to look around, to visit many people, to make many meetings, to spend money on, you know, legal entities and so on. This takes from them half year and many dollars to make first tests. So with us, they can do it 10 times faster and 10 times cheaper. So you have just lowered the the barrier to entry into the UAE market for those brands. Yes, many companies we work with are quite small businesses. Before us, they were not able even to consider this market because the threshold is very high for them. For India, for example, you need to open legal entity in Dubai, you need to spend 20K dollars. For India, it's huge money. People simply don't have such budget when they start working with us. They're able to start within two, three K dollars and everybody can afford them. You're serving a market that needed that solution that you are providing. So it was an excellent, brilliant strategy to target those kinds of businesses who, as you say, they're small businesses. They don't have the budgets as you would need normally to set up a full process, a full company. So that's an excellent solution. Now, what were some of the challenges you faced in building your ventures and how did you overcome them? At the beginning, main challenge for us was fundraising process because super fast grocery delivery is quite capital intensive business. And uh, we have spent more than $10 million to build the model, to build infrastructure. And once we started the model, you know, recession has been started and many companies all over the world got bankrupted in our field. When every week you receive bad news from different markets about the same companies, it's very hard to raise money from investors, you know, when everybody is shutting down around you, it's very hard to pitch your idea. So this was the main challenge, but you found the solution. So we overcame it, survived, grew up and uh, everything is fine. So a second challenge right now for us, main challenge right now, it is actually bureaucracy. When we need to bring any brand to this part of the world, we need to do, you know, proper certification and all documents. Sometimes it takes time. For some kind of products, we're able to do it in three, four days. For some kind of products, it requires two, three months. And this is right now main obstacle for us because we have queue of brands who are entering and we have queue of documents which we are waiting from different authorities to start the business. So this is the change right now for us. Right, so there's no smooth sailing. Even though you've got a brilliant product, excellent solution, there's always going to be some challenges. And that leads me to my next question. With your experience in the region, what are some unique characteristics of the UAE market that aspiring entrepreneurs should be aware of when launching their businesses? When you come to Dubai, first year, Dubai is challenging and testing you. If you did not give up, 
Dubai accepts in you. It's like people talking. I believe it's true because in this market, word of mouth is quite important. Reputation and recommendations, it's actually main sales channel. So you need to spend some time to earn, to gain reputation, and then reputation will work on you. So I believe this is the main point. So don't expect fast results. Everybody will agree. Nobody will say no to you, but uh, you will receive zero actions. And, you know, to overcome it, you need a bit time and good reputation good recommendations to make people work with you. So this is the essence of this market. That's excellent insight. So you need to have patience and resilience. Don't give up. And finally, things will work out. As an angel investor, what qualities do you look for in startups or entrepreneurs when deciding to invest in their ventures? I mostly invest in, in early stage startups. I prefer to be first money in the company. At these early stages, founders start in some business, they pitch in something, but I understand as experienced entrepreneur who built 17 companies in the past that uh, maybe they will be changing the model 5, 10, 20 times. What do they do right now and what the final model will look like? It's, it's a very different thing. Because of that, I never listen to particular idea and particular business plan because it doesn't matter. It will be changed on the way. I invest in people. So what I am looking for is founders who are able to do pivots. Founders who, in face of failure, able to not give up but change something and try again. So the founders who are able to make attempts. If you need to make you know 100 meetings with investors, you simply do it. So such kind of people because... If you invest in such kind of people, does not matter what they do right now. Maybe they will fail this attempt, but they will make another one and finally they will win. I love that. So you are investing in people. I love that. So ideas can change, but if the person is resilient and willing to fail, willing to keep trying, willing to pivot, that's what you're looking for. So you're looking at the type of people that's coming to you. I love that. Exactly. Now, innovation is crucial in today's rapidly evolving business landscape, as you have shown in your solutions. How do you stay ahead of the curve and foster innovation within your own organizations? We are IT guys. So all our life we are in IT. I believe for us it's simple to be on the curve of innovation because we are the guys who are creating innovations. I don't understand how to answer. So it's simply our life to be in this curve always. Building successful startups requires a strong team. What strategies do you employ to attract and retain top talent? To attract, I use media power. I am quite public person. I have many subscribers on LinkedIn, on Instagram, trying to be, you know, in as many podcasts as I can, simply because after that, best people in the market know me and want to work with me. So that's how I do attract people. <laughs> that's why I love podcasts as well, because somebody will know me out of it and I will have a chance to speak and to work with some wonderful person and grow together and so on. Another challenge is to retain and uh, to retain it, uh, I'm trying to be honest uh, with people to say whatever I think, not to hide facts and information about the company. And we always provide, like, we always treat team as co-founders. So in all my companies, we dedicate quite decent portion of company shares and distribute it among team members. So people like it actually because it's you know an opportunity, a part of salary to earn real money, to make social a lift. So that's how we do it. And actually, we have something, you know, like Yala Mafia already sold to our team members, somehow left the company, started their own startups. We are supporting them. I even invested in one of them. I believe it's quite wonderful, you know, to move together, to grow together. 
So you've got several things that you do to make sure that you've got the transparency and the honesty, but you also get the buy-in to the company. So as you say, to treat them as shareholders in the business so that they feel like this is their own. And they, of course, going to go the extra mile when it's their own business. And then even those who, who leave, you continue to support them. So that, of course, creates a very good culture for your team members. Yes. Super. Well, thank you so much, Leo, for having shared all these tips and, and your insights on the this industry in the region. It's been fascinating to talk to you about that. Now we've come to the segment of our show. We'll ask you some rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. What's your go-to comfort food? Meat. Any meat? Yeah. Okay. Who would be one guest that you would like to invite for dinner cooked by you? Very hard question, but I will use this chance to invite my wife. I am working too much, don't have too much time for family, so I will invite my wife. What is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy your day is? Currently, it's nails. I am staying on nails. You stand on nails? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And what is the benefit of that? It's like short training to overcome yourself every day. Wow. I love that. Does that help you with focus as well? Yeah. And it helps not to take too close to heart any problems which happens because standing on nails is really painful. All the rest is not painful after it. So that's a new one I've not heard of. So that's brilliant. Wow. And uh, you do this every single day. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. That was the end of our game show. That was easy enough. Thank you for playing along. Now, before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you about your Greenpool moment. What was your Greenpool moment, the action or event that was the turning point for you or your career? It was huge responsibility. I was managing a restaurant as CEO, and I agreed with owner of the restaurant that I will rent full business out. So we'll become owner of this restaurant, but he will receive permanent money each month from me. So that's how I became company owner. But I took huge risk because I guaranteed the particular income for owner. And it was a bit challenging to reach the numbers and to understand if you will not reach, you will be fully caught bankrupted. So it was total all-in game for me. So that was a huge risk you took. Yeah. But the result was good. You were able to manage it, of course, at the end. And so that just changed the trajectory of where you went after that. Yeah, so that case was successful, luckily for me, yeah, but it was very challenging and frustrating. A Greenpool moment, for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your fantastic story with us, Leo. It's been a pleasure having this conversation. I'm sure our audience is going to enjoy hearing about what you've accomplished. Before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you. And we'll also put this in the show notes. My Instagram account is Leo Davbenka. You actually can Google me because I'm very public. If you Google me, you will find all my accounts quite easily. Excellent. Thank you very much. Again, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I wish you all the very best and looking forward to see what you do next. Thank you very much for your time. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.